you do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of the What up, what up? This is your boy Rob Clark welcoming you to the 22 November Network. Get ready for another exciting edition of the Lone Gunman Podcast featuring me. That's right, your boy Rob Clark coming at you. Stay tuned. Be right there. Hello, hello, one and all. Welcome to the Lone Gummin Podcast, episode number 40. This is going to be the last one of the year, a New Year's special. I can't believe I'm 40 deep in this already. It's crazy. It's been a hell of a year. You know, first of all, let me thank everybody out there who's listened, who shared this, who's passed the word around. You know, it's... It's nice to know that your efforts don't go un, un, unwanted, unlistened to, unwarranted, unappreciated. And seriously, in all seriousness, when I started doing this, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, to be honest with you. It was kind of a spur of the moment kind of thing. And throughout the year, there's been some ups and downs, as you know, if you listen to the show. And hopefully I've gotten better. The show started sounding better. And hopefully after the first of the year it'll sound even better. But I just wanted to thank everybody again. You know, this this little podcast, Oh Mine, you know, I think it's almost 9,000 listens and like 3,000 downloads. So from the bottom of my heart, you know, thank you, thank you. That's not bad, you know almost 10,000 and and the stats from Stitcher are a little sketchy and uh, to figure out um, whether they're coming through to Spreaker or not but you know taking into account both of them it's not too shabby I'm somewhere around 10,000 listens for the year on 40 
um, 40 shows. So, you know, that's like, I know you're going to be joning on me for math. I think it's like 400 listens average. Maybe I'm wrong somewhere, but that sounds about right. I didn't do too good math in school, in case you hadn't noticed. Um, but yeah, so just thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody out there supporting the 22 November Network. You know, it's growing strong. Um, we did, we did big things last year, and hopefully much, much more to come this year. And if you haven't, please go check out my buddy Doug Campbell, my brother from another mother, his podcast, The Dallas Action. Um, he's doing great things over there with it. I mean, he's got some great interviews. He's had an all-star lineup. Oh, shit. Excuse me. He's had some all. He's had an all-star lineup from uh, you know the past couple of months, and and he's already got it planned out almost into next summer. So check it out if you want big names. If you want good research, you know stuff you haven't heard before. You know, he's not like any other interview you've heard. You know, he, he keeps his guests in line and asks pertinent questions that, that just don't get asked anywhere else. So make sure you tune in to the Dallas Action. You can find it on Spreaker here, on Stitcher here. And make sure you get at us at the 22 November network.wordpress.com for all, all things audio and in print. We have some great bloggers there. We got Francesca, Martin. Dusty and Gail, all doing it up big for the 22 November Network. Like I said, it's, it's you've made it a great year, so thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. So on this, our end of the year special, I guess I'll call it. Um, let's see, I was trying to figure out what to do, what to do, what to do. And I know last week I did Marina, and, you know, it's easy to just pick a character and, and you know, kind of run with what you know about him and what you researched about him. But for the end of the year special, I'm going to talk about a couple people that don't get talked about very much. And not that they matter to the case itself a lot. Because they were really too young to remember anything. Um, and that's June and Rachel Oswald. Now, I'll put up some interviews from YouTube that they did for the Today Show. I think Brian Gumbel was interviewing them. There's one for Rachel and one for June. And they did them separately. And I'll put the links up on the website at 22november.wordpress.com. Make sure you head there. It's a one button away from the Spreaker page. Just click on my info button and you'll see the website link right there. All you got to do is click it through. And I was thinking, you know, man, this, this, this lady, this woman, June, could be a really good advocate you know, to get things done, to be, I know it's not a job that anyone would envy, so to say, because, I mean, who would want it, but, you know what, you're in an 
enviable position. A very rare position to do something about it and have your voices heard. And they did. They did. And actually, I found out something that I didn't know about June. Um, and this was all back around the time that JFK the movie was coming out. Uh, Gerald Posner's book Case Closed had come out. And and as much as you want to hate on the dude, that book got pushed hard after the JFK movie. Um you know, the, the, I think the uh, you know the lone nutter side of things were trying desperately to save face after that movie it created so many questions and not a lot of answers as to what really happened. I mean, it was a, it was a good movie, but it left a lot of things wide open for for the lone nutters to nitpick. And for those who don't really know a whole lot about the case itself, for you know. For, you know, some soccer mom to pick up this book at the grocery store and read it. She could be easily convinced that, that Lee Harvey Oswald is guilty of sin. You know, but Gerald Posner is guilty of what all, what they're all guilty of. Okay, they pick and choose evidence that fits their theory. And they don't tell you the whole story. Okay, that's what they do. They pick little facts, and whether they're right or wrong, that support their theory, and that's all they write about. And somebody not familiar with the case could be easily taken in by that book. And June Oswald got on there with Brian Gumble, and she held her own with that dude. I was very, very impressed at her on-screen presence and her quick thinking and her strength and you know maybe just maybe i'm going to i'm going to tag the hell out of this podcast and in this day and age you know you never know and if june oswald ever googles herself and she ever hears this tiny little podcast Okay, from from this tiny little researcher, I just want you to know, June Oswald, we need you now. And I understand, I understand why you haven't been more vocal and visible in the last 20 years. And for those of you that don't know, like I said, uh, you know, she came out for, for when, when Gerald Posner's book came on, and of course... Brian Gumbel's quoting that to her and, and this and that. And, and June doesn't like to publicly say whether she thinks her dad was guilty or not. But it's kind of obvious that she doesn't really buy that, you know, he was a lone assassin. Or else why would she care, you know, to come out and, and defend her position against case closed. But for whatever reason... um you know, she doesn't like to state one way or the other publicly what she believes, which is fine. Um, but June also did something else that, that not a lot of people know about. And as we all know, after the JFK movie came out, um, 
there, you know, I think it was, I don't know if it was Congress passed the, the, the JFK Act or whatever. And, but George Bush never signed it into law. He never implemented, um, you know, the, the, the group to oversee it. He didn't implement its members. So she wrote a letter to um, President Clinton asking that he, you know, sign the JFK Act into law and, and, and get these agencies to release all their JFK-related files. And whether she knows it or not, you know, her letter probably helped nudge Clinton in the right direction. And he did eventually end up signing the bill into law and enacting the JFK Act and um, paving the way for the ARRB to be formed. You know, I just think that she would be a, a staunch ally in this fight that's coming up. It's going to be coming up in 2017 for the CIA to release all their files. There's still an ass ton of files out there that need to be released that have seals on them and and everything else that, that need to be revealed. And it's been 20 years since, since, since June Oswald was out there publicly. And the last time she came out was, um, to defend, well, not really defend, but to talk about Norman Mailer's book, Oswald's tale, which is, in my opinion, it's on the worst, uh, JFK books out there list. Okay. You know, it's right there in the vein with, uh, you know, case closed. Horrible book. You know, it'd be, uh, it'd be nice to see her come out and back a real research book. But let me real quick, um, I want to read you something. It was an interview with June Oswald. I want to read it to you. Uh, it's very, very interesting. Okay. And this was, let me see here. It was in New York Times Magazine uh, from April 10th, 1995. And it's called June Oswald, Lee Harvey's oldest, June Oswald. Um, let's see. More than 50, 30 years after the assassination, Lee Harvey Oswald is a name that will not go away. One of the latest authors to wade into the conspiracy waters is Norman Mailer, whose book Oswald's Tale, an American Mystery, will be published next month. The assassination has also been a constant in the life of June Oswald Porter, the 33-year-old daughter of Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, for those of you doing math out there, that would make her almost 53 now. In her early years, uh, grocery shopping with her mother, Marina and sister Rachel took place amid stares and finger-pointing, hushed conversations ignited around them like flash fires as they walked to supermarket aisles. Because Marina Oswald realized that she and her children could become the focus of attention at any time, she made sure June and Rachel were always neatly dressed, no matter how small the chore. And despite the fact that the family was often financially strapped, she never knew when we'd run into someone, and she didn't want us to look like poor white trash, June says simply. Upon entering public school, June took the surname of her stepfather, Kenneth Porter, who married Marina in 1965. But anonymity exacted a curious price of its own. As June faced myriad graceless references to her father, mother, and family in the history books, even an intended compliment could, could hold hidden barbs. 
as when a male co-worker remarked to June's resemblance to a young Marina Oswald, then immediately apologized, saying he didn't mean to insult her by invoking the infamous name. Nonetheless, during several interviews over the past years, she reports being content, and she recalls her childhood as a pretty happy time, thanks in large part to her stepfather. June is quieter about her own marriage, which ended in 1992, and remains protective of her privacy, distancing herself and her sons, ages 6 and 3, from the oddball clique of assassination cultists who have dogged the Oswald women. Marina, now 53, June and Rachel, now 31, ever since the events of November, November 22, 1963. June has requested that her married name, which she still uses in business, not be printed. Despite privacy concerns, she's pushing for the release of all records pertaining to the assassination. We have to get the government to move before it's too late. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? And then they ask her about her thoughts on Norman Mailer's uh, uh, new book, where she says, I don't have a comment on it as far as conclusions because I haven't read them, but I did start the book, and Mailer is such a great writer, I was just so enthralled. The first chapter opens with my family, and he goes way back to my great-grandmother in Russia. This is material I never would have known about insofar as my mother's side of the family, because my mother was illegitimate, as you know. It's a little bit like opening a family album you didn't know existed before. I can tell you that I'm very excited about the book in concept. I believe he's the first writer-researcher to get interviews with sources in the Russian government. So this is an opportunity to shed new light on the subject from an area that has never been explored in any meaningful depth. And then next question, to what extent do you have, or have you followed the various conspiracy theories? And she answers, it's only in recent years I have started to get involved in all, mostly as part of trying to get the records released. There was a bill passed at the end of the Bush administration that required all government agencies to review their files for any information related to the assassination and release it, unless they felt there were matters of national security or a couple of other issues. Those are the loopholes. The law, and, and, and that if they felt that way, then those documents needed to be turned over to the Assassination Records Review Board, and those folks would review the records and either concur, release them in blacked out state, or release them entirely. Over the years, you've kept a pretty low profile. Why have you started to speak out? She answers, Well, there was a lot of misinformation being released related to the book Case Closed by Gerald Posner. And they got my mother on television in a live interview. And shocker, after 30 years in the country, she still doesn't have a good grasp of the language. And they were asking her specific questions about the book. She hadn't read it. I felt they manipulated her and made her look foolish. I had already written a letter to President Clinton to try to make sure he would appoint this review board from the Bush legislation to review assassination records and to release those records. I was really supportive. Since I hadn't gotten a written response, I told her with the idea that I might have to go public. When my mother came on and this interview went so badly, I decided I really wanted to rebut. Question. I guess you must be encouraged that the review board was finally sworn in last year. Yes, I'm also very excited about that. They first met last April in Washington, and there have been public hearings there and in Dallas and Boston. And he goes on to ask about a present day uh, identity. Uh, it sounds as if most people are aware you're, you're Lee, you're not, are not aware you're Lee Os Oswald's daughter. Yes and no, she says. 
Now, mom does the articles that she doesn't bother to tell me she's doing, and sometimes my name comes up. We always used my stepfather's name, Porter, growing up, even though we were never legally adopted. My secretary in my last job put two and two together and uh, based on one of those articles, and she copied it and put it on my all my staff's desks. I didn't really want to be the center of gossip in the whole building, so I called my staff in, a group of ten or so, and I said, yes, that is me in the article. Obviously, if I would wanted to share that, I would have told everyone a long time ago. I don't think it's relevant to anything we do here, and I appreciate you keeping it to yourself. My biggest concern was that people at the office had my home address and phone number, and I didn't want it leaked to the National Enquirer. I have two small children, I'm divorced, and I didn't want people to harass the kids. <clears throat> like I said, this goes on and on. I'll post most of it uh, up on the website so you can read it for yourself. Um, it goes on to tell um, a little bit about you know how Rachel feels about things. They ask her about the Seinfeld uh, episode at the ballpark, the second spitter. Um, she thought it was hilarious, by the way. Um, but anyway, she, you, you get a little glimpse of of June in the article. She's a very beautiful, very strong-looking um, woman. You know, I think she'd be a, a, a really good asset to the struggle, to the cause. You know, and, and it's alluded to in the article about how Rachel feels, too. Rachel is... Very, very, she really wants her father to be innocent. She thinks her dad was the hero. She doesn't believe that he shot anybody. And, you know, she says that this has caused a couple fights between them and all. But for the most part, that you know, they get along just fine, the sisters or whatever. But like I said, it's been 20 years. And, and that last interview there, you know, she says she had two small kids, ages six and three. It's almost 20 years later. Her kids have got to be grown, 26, 23 years old now. You know, I understand that's why she's probably been quiet the past 20 years, you know, raising her kids, didn't want to be bothered. Um, but June, if you're out there and you happen to hear this, there are literally... Literally, literally, tens of thousands of people on a daily basis constantly researching this case, trying to find the truth, trying to piece this puzzle together and figure out what the hell happened. Okay. <clears throat> There's been thousands of people just to write books on this. There's tens of thousands of people just on Facebook alone. Like I said, I've had 10,000 people listen to my crappy little podcast. You know? Leonard Sanic gets that many every week. Listening to his show. Which is basically all about the Kennedy assassination. It's a very... It's still a very, very popular topic among conspiracy researchers. And I understand... Trust me, I understand... You know, when you're talking about the... The crazy conspiracy kooks bothering you and following you. And I understand all that. But, you know, there's laws in place to keep those people away from you. There's absolutely no reason whatsoever that you couldn't come out 
on your own terms now and be heard and tell your story or write your book. You know, we want your story to be heard. I know, and it's, it's easy for me to say, but, you know, it, it's a little easier for me to say than other people because I was adopted. So I always try to put it in these terms. Um, if I was in your position and my real parents, you know, cause you were basically living in an adopted family, you know, if my real parents, my real dad had been accused of assassinating the president and there was any shred of a tiny of a hope of a sliver of a chance that he was set up, he was a patsy like he said he was, and he was innocent and his name's been smeared in the record books for generations, I would be leading the charge to clear his name. It's blood. And whether you want to admit it or not, June, blood is thicker than water. Lee Harvey Oswald's blood flows through your veins. Okay, Kenneth Porter was your father. It was your dad. Lee Harvey Oswald was your father. And, you know, you... She claims not to remember him uh, when she was growing up. And I can understand that. But, you know, I've got memories, and not many, mind you, mostly traumatic ones, uh, growing up, you know, from when I was like one. I think I got stuck in a box in the kitchen, uh, my butt. I sat in a box or something. I couldn't get out of the damn thing. I just remember crying my eye, my head off in the kitchen because I was stuck in this box. I couldn't get out of it. And I, I'm I was pretty sure I was one, maybe, if that. That's my earliest memory. And, of course, you know, you have memories, little little slivers, you know, from like two or three. You know, nothing, nothing really major, you know, but... I don't know. I want to say I remember my dad, you know, what he, you know, what it felt like to be close to my dad. And she's probably blocked it out. You know, I don't know what a hypnotherapist could do for her. You know, take her back to her real feelings about, about Lee and, and how, supposedly spend all his time with them and treated them like angels and loved his kids dearly, you know, as we're told by Buell Frazier. And I don't know. It, it would just seem like the greatest injustice in the world if you lived this life and you didn't help to clear his name. Yes, you've done it in the past, but you've been silent for 20 years. A lot's happened in 20 years. More evidence has come out in 20 years, especially since the AARB, you know, and the CIA declassified all those files. We've got a lot of new information. 
that exonerates your your father, your dad. And you would be a most welcome and helpful ally in the fight for truth and to get the rest of these files released that are supposed to happen in 2017. You know, and we can petition for them to happen before that. You know, there doesn't have to be a date on this stuff. That's just when they have to. And Lord only knows what we'll get. They could do it tomorrow if they wanted to. If they're properly motivated to. If we had a name big enough to draw enough attention to this case. To get on national TV and say, look, this is my father we're talking about here. Okay? And whether it's right or wrong, you want the truth. You know, release the files. Release the files. Release the files. I can tell you from researching this for, shit, almost 25 years now, I can tell you, you know, the, the, the research community is all over the place, okay? And it, as you probably know, there's so many little factions and spinoffs and shoot offshoots and research surrounding this case you know, it's almost unbelievable. You could take this case in, you know, a thousand different directions just from one person and their connections to what, to what, to whatever. You know, and not to mention, you know, how fractured the community is about who believes this. You know, they believe LBJ did it. No, these guys over here believe Bush was behind it all. You know, these guys over here believe that FBI and CIA were behind everything. This, these people over here think that it was anti-Castro Cubans and the mafia. You know, over here, over here we got people that think General Walker was behind it. You know, it's just fractured. And the more files we have to prove something, anything, is going to be helpful because damn it, I want to see this case solved before I die. I am 40 years old today. Okay? This is my 40th show. I don't want to be sitting here, okay, on show number, what is it, 744 when I'm 60 some years old. I'm barely talking, I'm drooling and shit, you know, still talking about this shit, you know, and I know people like, you know, people like Mark Lane, people like Cyril Weck, you know, people, these guys are getting older, man, you know, they want the same thing, they're not going to live to see it, there's a lot of JFK researchers out there that didn't live to see it. And you know how many of them people thought that they would figure it out in their lifetime? Damn near all of them. Damn near all of them. And you could say, you know, just I'd love to see a micro micro study of the people interested in the JFK case. Because I'm sure we're all missing something in our life. You know, to drive us to try to understand and figure out this case you know what it is i don't know because you got people from all different kinds of backgrounds there's a lot of musicians a lot of artists um you know you got regular joes you got academians you got uh 
teachers. But I guarantee you, we're all missing something. And it's driving us to figure this out. Or to want to figure it out. And it's not like that there's been other things to happen in this world since the Kennedy assassination. Of course, we have the RFK assassination, the Martin Luther King assassination. We've got, you know, John Lennon. We've got, you know, 9-11, Boston bombing, Sandy Hook. we got all this stuff to investigate and look at. All the stuff we think the government's behind. But it all goes back to November 22nd, 1963. In June, I know you've been living with a big, big burden on your shoulders all these years. And when you're laying in bed at night, you're thinking, why me? Why me? Why me? You know... It's just serendipity. It is what it is. It's just, you know, we can't choose who we're born to in this life. We can only choose what to do with the life we're given. And I know it's still got a way on you to find the truth. I know it would me. If it was my father, I would definitely be wondering. You know, maybe you don't want to upset your mother. You know, whatever. I don't know what the, what the, the full story is. Nobody ever will. You know, of course, there's stories that he beats your mom. Uh, you know, he was violent. But it doesn't really... That picture of Lee Oswald is... Is very Warren Commission specific, you know. And the big picture we've had, because I mean, people research Lee Harvey Oswald's life down to, you know, almost every second of his day is accounted for, you know, up until the day he died, and what you know where he was working, what he was doing where he was living, things of that nature, who was helping him. And there's got to be a sliver of doubt in your mind that this is the truth. That maybe your mom was forced to say these things about your dad, these horrible things, because she didn't want to go back to Russia without you. And like I said in the last podcast, I don't blame Marina for doing what she did. And I don't blame you and Rachel for doing what you guys did. You know, at least you did come out 20 years ago, 25 years ago. You know, when when it was it was it was a big hugely hotly contested uh debate. You know, but I can tell you this. We had the Warren Commission. We had the Church Committee. The HSCA, the JFK Act, the ARRB, you know, that's three government so-called investigations into this thing. <laughs> and they were all likely infiltrated. They were all likely 
fed crap. And but I guarantee you there won't be another one. Okay, and it's up to independent researchers now to figure this out. You know, Texas doesn't have a statute of limitations on murder. And if the real culprits out there are still alive, then they need to pay the price for what they did that day in Dallas. And if we can hopefully prove it and help exonerate Lee Oswald in the process, fine. I just can't believe that Lee Oswald was up in that sixth floor window shooting that piece of shit man liquor Carcano and killing President Kennedy with it. I just cannot believe that. And I've said this before in a podcast and it bears repeating. You know, when you truly, truly, truly step into someone else's shoes and try to see things from their perspective, you know, it. if, if, and that's a big ass if, if Lee Harvey Oswald did what he was accused of doing that day, then he must have felt that all hope was lost. And I mean all hope. He must have felt that he had to do it or that something bad would happen to either him or his family. That's the bottom line. Okay. I always point out to people, you remember this man just had a damn baby a month before this. Okay, and having kids of my own, you know, you know when you hold them and you look into their eyes and you know that you created this beautiful thing. And you've already created another beautiful thing. You know, I just don't, I can't, I can't understand why or how a person could throw that all away. Just to murder a president that he had no beef with. He had no motive. And by all accounts, he liked the man. He respected the man. He liked his views. Maybe he viewed him as soft on communism. You know, but hey, if if uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was all about fair play for Cuba and, and uh, easy on Castro... He should have liked Kennedy, okay, not try to kill him, okay, but we know we know everything that 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 Oswald was doing was a farce. you know Bannister had it was putting him up to doing that stuff in New Orleans. He got in with a bad crowd, things happened, you know, who knows if he knew what was gonna what was going on, and he was an unwitting accomplice. Or he was a knowing accomplice, unwitting patsy. You know, it's hard to say. But I can guarantee you one thing. I don't believe, and I never will believe, that that man was up on the sixth floor shooting the man like Carcano and killing the President Kennedy. I just will never, ever believe that. Sorry. Just won't. 
It's beyond me. You know, like I said, the man just had a baby a month ago. You know, you hold that little baby in your arms and you just, you look into their eyes and you say, you know, I'm going to roll the dice and if I, you know, I'm going to leave you guys hanging and I'm out. You know, here's 170 bucks for the rest of my life. I just don't see somebody doing that. But anyway, you know, I just I just wanted to throw that out there. If June Oswald, if you ever hear this, Rachel, if you ever hear this, get at me. Send me an email, the Lone Gummin Podcast at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you. You want to get your story out there? I'll help you get it heard. <clears throat> I've got contacts all throughout social media, authors, everything. You know, it's just, we're not these crazy, kooky people anymore. You know, I ain't got time for that shit. I ain't got time to chase you down to Texas and see what you buy at the grocery store. Okay? I could care less. And I guarantee you, everybody else is so you know, involved in their lives, their, their own lives that, uh, you know, we don't have time for this stuff anymore. So by some miracle, either one of y'all hear this, you know, it would be awesome, awesome to hear from you. And even if you don't want to come on with me, I'll pass a message, whatever you want to do to the people, to my listeners. Um, I just wanted to get that out there. And say, thank you for what you did in the past. I understand where you, why you've been gone for 20 years. It's time to come back. Please, please come back. We need your help. Because you were awesome when you were out there. You were unshakable. You were strong. You looked Brian Gumble right in his eyes. And you told him. You know, it was awesome. And that's what we need right now. And you've got the name to back it up. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So if you know them, tell them to get in touch with me. If they hear this, if you hear this, get in touch with me. Um, that's it for the year-long special. You know, it's been a crazy-ass year. You'll st- you're still here with me. Granted, listenership has declined, declined almost a half, but I did that to myself. By talking about this last show nonsense. And I'm like you guys. I hate drama. So don't worry. Your boy Rob Clark is going to be back in full effect. Next year. With a brand new show. Called Strange Days Indeed. And it's going to be even crazier than this one. I promise you that. And look out for me on Doug Campbell's podcast. Next week. We're going to be talking about Fred Lee Chrisman. But for now. Some bitch is in the can, shooting it up to the satellite, beaming it down directly to your ears. This is Rob Clark, out.
right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.